You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan. Dennis Dick with you this morning. So there are days like yesterday where we just don't really have that much on our radar. And there are days like today when there is just a lot of stuff on our radar. There's earnings, uh, Disney, uh, Nikola, uh, Square earnings leaked yesterday. They were supposed to report today. They leaked yesterday. So we'll talk about that. We have drug news from Moderna. Well, they had earnings too. And Novavax. We have our merger this morning, Teladoc and Livongo. Uh, and our guest is Gene Monster at 835. He is a managing partner at Loop Ventures. So a lot of stuff to get to you on our show between the earnings from yesterday, earnings today, drug news, m a a lot going on. Gene, uh, I'll throw it to Joel now. Before I do that, don't forget to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. Now, Joel, what is the update here in the overnight trading session? Man, I'm, I'm tired already, man. You tired me out already, Spencer, with just that intro. Uh, firmly in the green, uh, the PP team was out in full force last night. Little bit of a sell off, 3292, your pre market low. That looks safe for now. Pre market high, 2175, folks. Not much major resistance. 3317.50 was the close on the front month contract on February 21st. Fact, we are back to that level, believe it or not. It took some time. Uh, gold and silver, they're ripping too. Gold is up $35 at $20.56. Silver making a new high for the move up 83 cents at $26.85. And crude, after that sleepy period, doesn't want to be left out in the rally. They're up a buck, 55 at $43.25. Last but not least, another asset class, at least for now, Bitcoin up $245 at 11615 If you have a stock that's down, man, oh, man, I don't know. Triple D, 
Did you have a busy after hours? Uh, yeah, and it's been a busier pre-market session, I tell you, because obviously a lot more news here in the pre-market session with the merger. Gold ripping again. You didn't even mention gold there, Joel, not giving that a love, but it ripped yesterday. It's ripping again. Silver is ripping again. Uh, we have a full-on reopening rally going on here, too. If you look at the airlines, they're ripping, and you can thank Novavax for that, coming out with some decent data last night. I want to start with NVAX because this was a wild child last night and you're not going to believe where this traded to. It was a headline that ended up being wrong, that some people were being hospitalized from their drug and the stock got murdered. Then they said, no, that's not true. And the stock started rallying and hasn't stopped rallying since. This was an incredible story. Mr. Israel, enlighten us. So yeah, the confusion is that uh, it did show uh, a, a promising immune response but there were uh, a pretty there was a high rate of some side effects so i think that's where the confusion uh was and they reported the what novavax actually said in the release was that it was a well of course they're going to say it was a positive uh data but the, between that and the side effects, I think is where the initial confusion lied. Uh, it was, uh, you can say, positive phase one data because the immune response, which is what we're looking for, was apparently good, but there were some side effects to go with that. So back and forth. So Joel, last <laughs> night, bring up this after hours chart okay. on NVAX because Holy they macro. pulled the rug out from under this thing and slammed this stock down. At one point in time, it was down over 30%. Look at that purple candle. I love the purple color. So the purple ones are the down Finally, ones. Finally, you like something on my charts. And the little light blue charts. ones. What, what are you saying? Finally, you like something on my charts. Ah, well, I'm looking at it right now. And I'm looking to the You can see my head turned over because I've got the charts over here and I have my trading in front of me. So that's why I'm always turning my head. <laughs> but uh, purple, down, blue up. So the headline comes out, people getting hospitalized. And then they're like, oh, no, wait a second. No, that's not true. Nobody's getting hospitalized. And it's doing really well. And so then they rallied all the way back, and then they're like, well, we better buy every, every other reopening stock because, hey, we got positive vaccine news. And positive vaccine news means you go and buy the airlines, you go and buy the cruise lines, you go and buy, um, obviously, casino stocks and wherever you want wherever else you want to go here. Disney ripping their earnings, but, you know, this Snowavax helps them as well because, obviously, Disney yes, wants it to does. back open. So. I think you see um, even more of an impact on Disney to the upside. Obviously, it was Disney Plus subs that are propelling it, but it doesn't hurt that Novavax says that they could actually be starting. And did you say this, Spencer? Uh, again, somebody says I don't listen, which is probably true. Um, did you mention that? I yeah, believe I on the conference gold. call. I did mention gold. I, uh, we're still on the NVAX, I believe. I um, they said something about starting trials in September. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't say that part. So on okay. the conference call, they said that <clears throat> they are going to start the phase three trial as soon as late September. Mm -hmm. They could make as many as one to two billion doses next year. So okay. there you go. There you go. I mean, this is, um, this is your classic reopening rally. And we started to see the rotation a couple of days ago where we talked about it. We yep. had key reversals in, Amer in uh, Boeing. We talked about the key reversal in Boeing. And we talked about it. And we were like, if you want to start to nibble on some of these stocks, you can stop yourself out at the, at the lows from two days ago. We talked about this on yesterday's show, which would have been yesterday's low at that time. 
Well, the rally continues, and it's obviously being propelled by news. We know there's always seems to be positive vaccine headline. It says it comes out twice a week. Well, they're ripping them higher on this. So if you're looking this morning, IWM definitely outperforming QQQ significantly. QQQs are only up 0.3%. Stocks like Apple actually trading in the red because we know from a vaccine play, because we've learned this for the last three, three months, that when you get positive vaccine headlines, the reopening stocks rally and the stocks um, that are locked down like Peloton uh, underperform. And you're seeing Peloton go down here today. And if you put a look at the Planet Fitness, well, Planet Fitness reported, so that's not a good example because PLNT reported last night. But normally, if it didn't report, PLNT would be up. So you know what on Planet Fitness? And obviously, crazy tangents there, but I don't want to leave that one without just saying it. Um, 50 bucks is huge on that. Hey, so go back to Novavax. Wait, real fast. I just want to try some because I know some people are having some issues on the stream. I think it's a Zoom issue. So let me try this real fast. I'm just going to stop our stream and okay. restart it again. So give me this one second, folks. Sure. And we're still recording here. So I stopped the stream and now I'm going to refresh the stream here. So people on YouTube are, and I'll put in the chat oh, there. Oh, yeah. Mine's just, not working either. Just refresh your page. Hold on one second. It's restarting here for a second. So we're going to restart the stream on YouTube. Uh, maybe so YouTube, YouTube and Zoom weren't talking to each other uh well uh here this morning let's try that uh and see if that's better okay we are back everyone so just refresh the stream let's see if that does the trick because i know some people were having issues on that but uh people are saying it worked good to go okay back to back on topic we were on novavax right yeah let's just i'll do a quick recap and then triple d you can talk about you know how how you approached it uh 103 low and then you just made a high here oh boy what is it uh you made a high at 197.37 actually the pre-market high is 198.50 so you just have a little bit of a profit taker in this area 197 to 198.50 I've seen the stock in the past on this kind of news. And if you don't get this thing 200 bid, you know, pretty quickly, um, you could give a little bit back. But uh, congratulations if you caught it on the way down. Uh, someone's trying to work out a piece here just under 200. Triple D, did you get blindsided by this? Um, no, I didn't get blindsided by it. I try to trade off of it. So Novavax, um, the way I trade it is I know, you know, XBI, when Novavax has a big move, XBI will follow to a certain extent. So I'm trading the less volatile play, obviously, but then I can trade it with size and I can get it on. Um, and it's a lot less risk, but, um, I was trying to short XBI right off the hop because you got XBI is 3.31%. It owns Novavax. So when Novavax goes down, when Novavax goes down 30%, well, you know, XBI, that's a 1% move in XBI. So if you look at the XBI chart, it tanks on the Novavax after hours last night to the tune of getting down to low 112s, and then it started rallying. So then I'm like, okay, well, it's time to start covering, first of all, if you're short XBI, but not even that. Um, it's time to actually try to start getting long. So I was able actually to get long some XBI. I wasn't, I wasn't quick on it at all. But I was able to get long in some low 113s on XBI. And obviously now XBI is trading up at 114.90. And if you look, if you if you just do the quick math and the way you do the math, obviously grade three math here, Novavax 0.21% or 21% times the th holdings of 3.31%. would give you about a 7, 0.7%, 0.8% move here in XBI. So right now what I'm saying is XBI is up 1.1%. 
Novavax is 0.8% of that move. So it means the rest of the components are only going to be up 0.37% as a whole. So you're always looking at it. The market's up 0.55%. So is XBI up enough. You know, obviously biotech sometimes, you know, move and it's tech. So it's not up as much as the queue. So it's probably priced correctly now. But last night, absolutely priced wrong because here was Novavax ripping higher. It was up like 15 points and XBI was still trading down. I was like, well, that's dumb. So buy it and make some money. All right, XBI, nice rebound there, trading just under 115, couple highs, but obviously watching your leader there in Novavax. So trying to press into the $200 level. Let's go over to the merger. Okay, merger. Merger it is. We do have a deal, big deal, most notable deal we've had for a while here. Teladoc and Livongo are merging for an $18.5 billion deal. It is uh, a cash and stock deal. Here is the stock portion of that deal. Uh, Each Livongo share will be exchanged for 0.592 shares of Teladoc plus cash considerations of $11.33. So you take the, the, the price of Teladoc, multiply it by 0.592, add $11.33, and that is where, based on the, the, when the deal closed, that is where Livongo should trade. So not much of a premium, it doesn't look like here. I mean, Livongo is trading up, but only up 6%. And Teladoc is obviously trading down on this. So looking here, like I didn't even notice it until you had mentioned it to me, Spencer, because I'm looking, you know, how I, and this is just, you know, to let you guys know, how do I find the movers in the morning? Well, I have a scanner. And it's scanning every single stock up there, and it ranks them all. And you can do this right in the pro. And it ranks them all, and it tells you what is up, you know, the most by percentages. So when you see a merger, you'll see one right at the top. So it's up like 23%. It's like, oh, what's going on with that? There's a ton of stocks that are up 8% today or 6% today. So it's, you know, LVGO just doesn't stand out. So if you're not listening to the news and you're just looking at your scanners, you might not even notice, you know, that LVGO is like, oh, it's up nine bucks. So I didn't even notice it. It's not a stock I trade a lot, LVGO. I do trade Teladoc, but I rarely trade LVGO. I will now because there's a deal. So give me that ratio one more time. Uh, I'm going to write it down. Uh, the ratio, point, you didn't write it down last time, 0.592. I'm not that fast. 0.592. Okay, 0.592. So that's your ratio going forward. So Teladoc times 0.592 is going to equal your price of Livongo minus obviously the $11.33 of cash that you said and in the time premium for the deal closing. So um, you can do quickly do the math if you want to. I didn't do it, but I will after the show. And then you can track it. You know, you put in a little Excel sheet. You can have it all tracking there for you. So, you know, when it gets out, there's an opportunity there. Now, again, risk arbitrage. We know the high-frequency trading bots in the middle of the day are pretty good at it. But sometimes there's some opportunities at the open. Sometimes there's some opportunities at the close. Uh, I don't know if it's a YouTube issue, Spencer, or what, but no, we're all having it's problems. Zoom, it's, it's a Zoom issue, folks. It, it's, it's the Zoom encoder is what we, we believe the issue is. So. Should we get a short Zoom? Because they aren't holding the pre-market prep I'm show not, up there? I'm not, I'm not gonna say don't do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say do it. Uh, we are working uh, feverishly in the back end here to, uh, to, to try to diagnose the issue here and figure out solutions. So if you're having problems, I apologize. It's it's with the issues with Zoom's encoder. Nothing I can really do about that if we're gonna use Zoom. Uh, but we're working on the issue. Just know that I apologize for any- Because the show keeps here. dropping here today. Uh, so yeah. we are sorry yeah. for the show dropping. Oh, really? The, Just oh, refresh. What happened? And I've done it. It's okay for me to say July ADP unemployment. They don't like it. 
right? They hit it a little bit. Spencer, give us the number. Oh, man, you're really throwing me under the bus here with the uh... – Sorry. All right. Uh, payrolls are up 167000 They must have been looking for a little bit more meat on the bone on that one. So uh, jobs number on Friday. I'm just telling you, wow. we just had a little drop. I guess uh, – That's a pretty that's good drop. It. Yeah, it's coming it back. They'll buy the dip. They'll buy the dip. Yeah, the buy the dip. Yeah, Al goes a... there in like two seconds. It's like, oh man. And also, well, anyway, we'll buy the dip. We just fell five points. Better buy the dip. All right. Um, uh, what was I about to say? Um, right, I just going to say on this Teladox thing, I think okay. it's a good move by them. You know that you know they're taking their their cash and their money and nice stock. Well, they're taking their stock price, Joel. They're not really taking their cash. It's only eleven dollars cash. So telling you it's yeah. smart it's a yeah, smart move to use yeah. stock and you know, it's what you often see you know these companies that are really trading at lofty valuations why not use that stock yeah deal smart yep i do so it got hit they, they really hit it it's it's well off the pre-market low it got down to 230 i don't know i don't know if you'll see that that was a level on the dailies too so i'll just kind of go with the the camp that the longer it takes to get down to that two 230 area and i think you may see some buyers along the way uh the more of a chance to rebound 246 if you're looking for a resistance level uh that's your that's just on the 15 minute chart 246 resistance early right. range 230 to 246 i remember what i want to say we got a great question from one of our longtime listeners uh in the pre-market prep chat uh so he what well, he's been long uh Livongo, lvgl for a while he said he got in around the 60s he bought a put spread to try to hedge himself before earnings okay so he bought a vertical put spread he that expire uh september 18th he wants to know what's going to happen to his puts that expire in September now that Livongo is merging with Teladoc? Nothing, because there's no way this deal closes before that date, I wouldn't think anyways, unless it's one of the fastest deals to close in history in 45 days. So I highly doubt that the deal closes by then. Um, again, if you're trading a Livongo, you got to watch price Teladoc now. It's going to be your leader. So TDOC tanks, LVGO is going to tank to that ratio of 0.592. If, for whatever reason, the merger did close quickly, Let's say the merger closed September the 1st. It's not going to happen. They don't close that fast. But if it closed in September 1st, and he has the September expiration on Livongo, Spencer? Yeah, yep, September 18th. So you got September 18th. What would happen is the stock will obviously cease to trade, and the options would cease to trade on September the 1st. So you would have to exercise them by that time in order to take advantage of the pricing. So if you're in the money, you want to exercise them on the last day that obviously the stock is going to trade. So um, so that's that's the consideration is that the options would start, stop trading the same day that the stock stops trading. But again, that's not going to happen because I highly doubt that this merger closes in six weeks. They just don't close that quickly. So no problems. It, you it, just watch it, Teladoc. It's, it's going to be your leader. And that will now pull the price of LVGO around. Yep, they did say the deal will close next quarter. So... Um, It'd be pretty fast. Yeah. The next quarter would be, yeah. So actually next quarter is October, November, December, correct? Yep. Yep. So, so that's past your quarter. September date. So I don't think you need to worry too much. Yep. So, but a, a really good question. Uh, it is a good question. I mean, when you have options, you've got an option is the option to exercise. So you got to watch. And I mean, if your stock stops trading and, you know, and, and can you exercise it after the stock stops trading? I, I would think so. So, and then you would be entitled to exercise and, and get whatever that closing price is. So that, that actually is a good question, you know, to look at 
the scenario where, okay, well, the merger is closed. I still have options open here now. Can I exercise them after the fact and then get that closing price? Uh, I wouldn't hold them that long. If you got to watch the dates, when you got those options, if the stock's going to, if the merger is going to close before your expiration date, exercise them before your expiration date. Don't hold them past those dates because we saw what happened with the DKNG warrants we were talking about before and they're going to expire and they're in the money and you don't exercise them. Well, that's on you. So they were nice and they extended the date because nobody realized that they had bumped up the date on those warrants, but you've got to watch those expiration dates. And when you've got your puts on a stock that's merging, make sure that the stock merger isn't going to close before. And if it does exercise, if your puts are in the money, exercise them on that last day. Don't let it, you know, don't even take it through and then trying to call your broker and try and exercise something when the options aren't trading anymore and the stock has ceased trading. That's asking for trouble. So don't put yourself in trouble. Just watch your dates. The closing date will eventually be announced. Again, they're saying next quarter, so that's after October, so our listeners are going to have a problem with just, with the September puts. But that's something to consider when you're holding options. All right. Uh, let's move on to earnings here. We've got a lot to get to on the earnings front. I want to start with Activision Blizzard quickly here, just do some quick education. So just first, before I even get to that, I'll, I'll give you the numbers. Activision, all you really need to know is it was a great report. They beat on their EPS beat on their sales. Now, if you were uh, on Twitter last night, you may have seen Benzinga taking some heat. We mistakenly uh, misreported that uh, the EPS number was a miss when it was a beat. Actually, I, I do want to show, I want to share my screen for a second here. Sure. sure. Just so I can show how the, the way these video game companies do uh, their accounting is a little bit unusual. So this is how, this is what the filing looks like in Benzinga Pro. This is how ATVIEA take two, they all do this. They break down their gap yeah. net revenue and then there is this impact of gap deferrals row. It makes it a little bit confusing uh, okay. for anyone going through. This is some, this is real inside baseball stuff. All you really need to know is that these video game companies do some weird accounting and it can sometimes make it tricky to determine whether they beat or they miss. So we, okay. we technically said that they missed when they beat. That's point number one. Point number two is if you see ATVI this morning, you, you notice it's down, right? So uh, this is a great lesson for anyone trading earnings that we talk about on our show all the time. Just because a report is amazing or they blow it away, it was a huge beat, does not mean the stock has to go up. Just because it was a huge miss does not mean the stock has to go down. In ATVI's case, it was a beat yesterday. The sales were good. The EPS was good. Uh, and the stock is down. One other thing I'll add is because of this weird accounting, uh, it can make the, the analyst estimates a little bit wonky and not necessarily comparable. So it's really, you really want to look at a, uh, more of a year over year comparison than the analyst comparison. But, uh, that's my spiel on ATVI. Uh, these video game companies are all tricky with their, uh, with their accounting, uh, the way they do the, the gap deferral uh, line. So just be careful of that. So you guys issued a correction. After yeah, so we should a correction. Um, we, yeah. And uh, just, so be aware of that and also be aware, this is a great lesson for anyone trading earnings. Stock doesn't have to go up just because they beat. And, and, and that's, and obviously take two, set the bar really high. We talked about this on the show yesterday, specifically that ATVI was really going to have to blow it away because take two now has really set the bar high and they, and they beat and it's a nice beat, but they didn't beat by enough. And yes, you know, Benzinga posts the wrong number and, you know, then issues a correction. I mean, it's kind of like the referee in a sporting event. You always, you know, blame the referee when they make the mistake <laughs> and they're like, call for their head. But you don't, you know, people don't naturally look at the 99% of the time they get the call right. 
I mean, Benzinga does a pretty good job and mistakes happen. It's still humans yep. that are entering the, the, the numbers here and sometimes it could be even a keystroke mistake. Sometimes, like you said, it's confusing accounting and they post the wrong numbers. So Dave Portnoy, I'll just read his tweet, said, Dear Benzinga, why did you post false earnings for ATBI? How much did you buy when you posted the wrong info? That's absurd. And then he added so, first suits. Of all, nobody Does he is... want the, he added suits? The only time I wear a suit is for a funeral. Oh, yeah, but Zig is not suits. <laughs> we are not I, suits. I this wear, is not I a wear suit. I wear them for a funeral or I wear them for religious services. And I don't even have to wear them for religious services this year because they're remote. <laughs> I don't I don't get that at all. I don't get the suits. We're, also, we're definitely not suits, but obviously there's no nefarious activities here where Benzinga is posting a fake number and everybody's buying it and we're going to manipulate it. Come on. So, you know, that's called jail sentence. You're doing stuff like that. All, I mean, I think, I think that. it's a compliment. If you're saying that we have the power to manipulate the stock down. The yeah. Country, I mean, we, we I mean Benzinga isn't the only, this is a press release too. So, you know, and this is how it works. You know, there's obviously a lot of companies, a lot of news companies that are reporting these earnings. So Benzinga isn't just the only one yeah. that's reporting this. So it isn't like, oh, Benzinga posts the wrong number and the stock's going to tank farther than it should have because of Benzinga posted the wrong number. This is a press release. The algos are reading the PR. So, right. and they're interpreting it, you know, just like how we interpret it. There's algos interpreting it as well in their own way. So what the price is the price. It wasn't manipulated. It wasn't going to be influenced because, you know, one uh, news company posted right. the wrong for number sure. at first. We, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think any one company has the power on an earnings report to manipulate the stock up or down. Uh, Not on an earnings report. I mean, if they were breaking, like, and we see this, you know, you want to talk about nefarious stuff where you get some of these smaller publications, you know, posting some fake, you know, or some rumor, you know, and then if people, you know, oh, there's a rumor that this thing's going to get bought and then it doesn't materialize uh, and people are shorting into that. You know, like that, that no, that it's not a real rumor. That's nefarious activities. All right, so but what, on a PR, there's nothing bad happening. Joel, why don't you give us some numbers now we can, this is a good segue into what happened to Square. So let's do ATVI here and then we'll talk about Square. Sure. Um, well, ATVI, well, I just want to say one thing. If you're, if you're looking at this stock and you've been following it a long time and, you, and you're waiting for the release of the earnings to buy it or sell it, I mean... There's a lot of other times that you could be participating in the stock instead at the most volatile time where the biggest boys and the other sharks are out there. So I just wanted to add that. I mean, we, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, set, the bar was set very high, made a yes. uh, new all-time high yesterday. You're trading down a buck 40. I'm not even going to look at the pre-market trading. I'm just going to give you the closing price from yesterday, and that is going to be a big number because that was your all-time closing high price, uh, 86.45. So if we managed to rally a buck 40, I imagine you see some sellers there as well as the old time high at 87.04. Um, on the downside, you haven't even taken out yesterday's low. So I don't know what everyone's all upset about. As long as you hold 83.95, we'll go up and test the close. And then you can just look at your two day low at 82.87. So that's the technicals on that one. All right. Well, and let's go into Square. If you had your earnings calendar up and you saw Square uh, report last night, you would probably be confused because square was not on the calendar to report wow. last night but yeah. that doesn't always matter because every this happens like every three few years every two to three years an earnings report will... happens more than that okay it happens a few times a year for sure on smaller right. companies that aren't square okay but it happens earnings right. reports leak well square's earnings report leaked last night uh 
Dennis thinks it was, I think it was, I think you're right. I think it was Bloomberg broke yeah. it. So, and then they're like, oh, it's out there. So yep. then Square and, 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 and how and the backstory to this is like my buddy like tweets at me. He's like, Square just reported. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it reports tomorrow night. And he's like, no, it's right here. And he sent me the numbers. I was like, I'm looking at it. And I was like, well, it's not moving. You know, it's not really moving yet. Are you sure those are the numbers? Like, we're just discussing it, actually. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I go and I check the press release. There's no press release. I'm like, no, yeah. there's no way it reported. That has to be an old number. And then it starts blasting off. And I was like, oh, my, it did report. And there is no press release. And then they issue the presser because, obviously, it was reported. I don't know if it's Bloomberg. Somebody said it was Bloomberg um, that got the number, published it. And then the PR comes out because Square realizes that, hey, our earnings are out there. We got to issue a press release now because we our earnings are out there so somebody some whole i don't know if it's bloomberg that got it or somebody you know tipped off bloomberg and then sent it to bloomberg yeah. i'm yeah. not sure how bloomberg ended up with that but i believe it was bloomberg that first published it yeah. and awesome. then everybody's you know scrambling around so i'm looking at it and literally it did not move for a minute after you know i was like after it was, had apparently reported because it was no pr so there's no algo trading off the press release and it's just if you've got a Bloomberg terminal, and obviously a lot of traders at seven o'clock at night, you know, that maybe don't have $2,500 a year for a Bloomberg terminal. Um, in any regard, it wasn't moving for a good minute. And then it blasted off. So you had some time. But, you know, it's again, news interpretation, earnings interpretation. Sometimes, you know, you see a big beat like ATV on stock actually goes down. So I was actually short the stock. Um, <gasps> square. Really? I was actually short it. And then this numbers and all this stuff, I was like, I'm just going to cover it because I don't know what's going on. So, you know, and I've heard, you know, obviously it says Bloomberg's reported the earnings. So I just covered it. And I covered it at 137 and a half. And thank goodness I did. So, and obviously the stock went up to, I didn't go long. I just didn't know what was going on because somebody has said they reported. So I covered and obviously they had reported. Bloomberg had, and obviously stock uh, went up lots since then. So lucky I got covered. So yeah, here are the numbers, courtesy of Bloomberg. Uh, Q2 EPS. Courtesy of the guy in the mailroom. <laughs> Q2 EPS on Square, 18 cents. Uh, estimate was all the way down at a five cent loss. Revenue, 1.92 versus $1.3 billion. Payments were up significantly last quarter. So a uh, good report for Square. And yeah, 154. Yeah, I'll just say 154. That's it. It's my only number. One number. Dennis, you can give whatever numbers you want, but that's a Oh, 150 I... bucks. But I mean, you look at this thing and it, it's been up the entire after hour session. It was up, you know, in the pre-market the whole session. So it's holding on. It's not like it's chopping no, it's around. Like... It kind of priced and it's kind of holding up here. Um, I bought PayPal off it last night. I've already sold it because it popped a couple of dollars. But PayPal obviously often has sympathy moves with that. It was a little tricky because Paycom was down. And not that Paycom, PayPal and, and, and Square are much more related, but um, Paycom's come back. What's Paycom? Now, right PCYM or something? PAYC. And they had earnings and they missed on their EPS and, yeah. they, and they missed on their sales and their guidance. Was, well, guidance was okay, but they're light on the earnings. There's a lot of juggling of the balls last night, but when Square blasted off and started blasting off on the earnings report, I was like, I'll buy some PayPal. So they would get a little bit of PayPal. Not a lot. I mean, it's after hours. You just can't get that much stock. So, but then it popped over two dollars, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'll take the money and run." What? Yeah. I'll I'll give it a support one forty eight, one fifty four to one forty eight. Early numbers in Square SQ. What a what a move in that one, huh? Big move. So, right. two hundred and forty seven stocks reporting today. Again, oh. we can go wherever you want to go. We're gonna get Gene Munster here in four minutes. If you want to yeah. get in a couple more earnings stocks here, though, it's probably the time to do it right now. 
Where do you want to go? I do. I want to go to Disney. And before I even give you the ooh, number, ooh, this ooh. half an hour in, and the House of Mouse just finally gets some love on Ben. <laughs> I, 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 I want to know, Dennis. I want to know. Are you going to rent Mulan on Disney Plus for thirty dollars? Are you just getting a rental, or do you get it forever? Then you must get uh, it forever. It must just be on your Disney Plus, or do you get like a one-time watch for twenty thirty dollars? So how does that work? Because I thought that right away. Because I'm like, my kids would probably like to watch it, but I, I, I might rent it. But thirty dollars seems pretty steep. That's a good question. I, I assumed it was it was a uh, it was like a one time purchase, like a, like a one time rental, is what I wow. what I had thought. But I guess must like, be a pretty you know, awesome movie that they're gonna charge thirty bucks. For wasn't that already home. out, Mulan? No, they were delaying it. It, it was ready. Um, so did they have a? Is this a second Mulan two or something? Oh, okay. It acts. It does act as a purchase. So you're 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 buying it essentially. They're 30, buying the movie. 40. You have the movie forever then on Disney Plus. Yep. So thirty dollars for one movie. If it was five bucks, <laughs> I'd probably buy it. Thirty dollars sold to you. I'm not buying them. Maybe if my kids were dying, oh, the biggest Mulan fans—they don't care. I mean, they're three and five, so they'll watch the free stuff and just like it just as much. So, no, <laughs> the answer is no to your question. Lucky you. All right, Disney numbers, uh, earnings per share last quarter—they they made eight cents. They did some adjustments to get there. The estimate was way off. Sales more comparable: eleven point seven eight billion versus a twelve point. Three nine billion dollar estimate. Obviously, the parks uh, revenue way down. I think I saw down eighty percent or some number like that. Um, Disney Plus subscribers up. They reported a little over 50, fifty-seven million subscribers as of the end of June. Um, kind of the saving grace there for the company, but we knew it'd be bad. Yeah, the numbers were terrible, but it doesn't matter because this market <laughs> finds a silver lining. And all oh, Disney subs are up. So we'll find a reason to ram these shorts and we'll find a reason to buy this stock. And here's, you know, a situation where the company, you know, was operating on one cylinder as opposed to six cylinders and the stock's still going higher. I mean, sh the short thesis here has just been fired and, you know, they're going to give Disney a pass on everything. They've cut the dividend to zero for the first time, I believe, ever. Um, they're trying to hold on to cash because they don't know how long the virus is going to go. The parks are a mess. Everything's a mess. But it doesn't matter because we've got a few people watching Disney+. Plus. This market finds a silver lining, finds a reason to buy the stock. Would I, do I want to own the stock at $125? No, because it was $125 last year when they had Disney+, Plus, when they had all the parks, and we, when we didn't have a virus. So if you're buying it here now at $125, it seems just dumb. But anyways, it's been dumb. Dumb money's been working here on this for a long time. I think the thing should be a lot lower, but it doesn't matter what I no think. One can, yeah, nope, it doesn't no matter one. what I think. So as a trader, I mean, I don't want to be short it for the same reasons. So I'm just out. I don't understand why it's on $125. And I will you know, intraday trade it. I'll day trade it. But it's not going to my long-term investment portfolio. Not at this price. Uh, you had the dip in the rip. And uh, I like what I'm seeing. I like. I can give you some resistance levels. Uh, 125.70 is the pop where you went to uh, that it just coincides perfectly with a daily high at 125.79 on June 9th. And uh, if you're looking for more meat on the bone and that's not enough for you, there's a pair of highs uh, from the fifth and eighth at 127.82 and 127.44. If you're looking for more profit than Dennis, that was the day when you made your uh, American Airlines call too, when uh, that stock topped out. So you're already back to that area. A couple of years, uh, as far as support, 
just based on the 15 minute here, it looks like you got a little buyer 124, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't lean on that for a long. Overall, it's very impressive how well Disney has held up. And you knew it was going to hold up better than the other ones because it's got the name, it's got the franchise. We know they'll be able to raise capital. There's no way Disney is going to have solvency issues or anything like that, where, you know, you look at the airlines and you look at that, it's like, oh, how long can they survive? Disney survived forever. It's the, the name. When we get past the virus, this is still an awesome franchise. And, you know, maybe we're pricing. But I would think, you know, with the situation that we're in, we'd be able to get Disney stock a hell of a lot cheaper. The time to buy it was back in March when I was, like, very concerned the parks were closed. Uh, but, you know, here we are. And obviously, it's a completely different story here now um, where it's looking like, first of all, that the virus isn't as deadly as we once thought. Secondly, is that we've got vaccines on the way. So I can see to a certain extent why some of the reopening plays are starting to get favor. I just don't think you're buying it at much of a discount. If you want to play reopening stocks and you really think we're coming back, there's a lot cheaper stocks in Disney. Yeah, and uh, reopening plays are hot because we're getting a lot of drug news today. We'll talk about that after Gene, but I want to bring our guest on now, Gene Munster. He's a managing partner at Loop Ventures, long-time analyst on the street. Gene, good morning. Good morning. How, uh, how are we doing this morning? Joining us by phone, how are we doing? Uh, doing fantastic. Just an honor to be with you and uh, just love hearing how you guys view the world and <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how we view it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, everyone knows Gene Munster, Lou Ventures, longtime uh, fan of the show. Um, I just, I just want to give, before we go into all these individual reports and, and all the great reports and everything, I mean, really, would these stocks, Apple and Facebook and Microsoft, would they be at the same levels if we didn't have the COVID-19 crisis? Uh, I think uh, they would be at different levels. Uh, most of them would be at different levels. Obviously, what we've seen with Amazon and Netflix is um, uh, just remarkable. They, uh, uh, Amazon, in fact, has a sustainable tailwind from this. So the business is in a, a better position longer term. Uh, I think that Apple, uh, with or without the pandemic, would be moving higher going into 5G. But I think there's even a stronger case that it goes, uh, higher yet, based on, again, kind of sustainable tailwinds. And then you have Facebook and Google, and they're a little bit more of a mystery to me. Uh, these are advertising businesses. Uh, I'm surprised that they've kind of seen the rebound that they have. And ultimately, their businesses don't have, uh, in my view, don't have a long-term sustainable tailwind from the pandemic. And so, um, that's kind of how we think about it in a nutshell is that the, the companies that have been um, best positioned for the future, I think that that has accelerated and stepped up and the other ones, I think have been uh, fortunate uh, in the near term to be uh, enjoying the benefit of the lift in the market. Gene, talk about that sustainable tailwind. So obviously, you know, we know everybody's shopping on Amazon uh, because they don't want to go to the stores and obviously some of the stores are closed in some cases. Why do you think the tailwind is sustainable though? Like, like let's say we get the vaccine. You think Amazon is still going to be firing all cylinders? Do you think there's, there's people just consumer habits changing? Consumer habits are changing. And what this did was it was uh, essentially... Uh, some people refer to it as blitzkrieg. blitzkrieg. Uh, uh, some people refer to it as going into ludicrous mode. And essentially what you're doing is you're getting people that traditionally would have taken a little bit more time to experience some of their products. A great example is 
kind of Whole Foods Delivered or Prime Now and uh, some of these more um, fast delivery services that only Amazon can do. And so you have people who tend to be slow to adopt, have been forced to adopt. And now they're, uh, so you, you're bringing that curve forward, but what is the sustainable tailwind beyond that? Is that uh, by moving the curve forward, by, by pulling that in, by giving people motivation to to try some of these services out, it really opens up what are these uh, still large markets. And sure, your uh, viewers are aware that uh, e-commerce in the U.S. is still relatively small. Some estimates have it as high as 20% of total commerce, some as as low as 10%. And so, but ultimately that's probably 50%. So that's an example of uh, a sustainable tailwind. It's pretty fun to look at the numbers that uh, percentage of, of goods bought online, excluding uh, gas in the U S uh, it had been trading up by about 1% a year. So it was 9% uh, a few years ago, 10, 11% in 2019. And the most uh, in the the June quarter, it, uh, excuse me, in the month of May, the month of May, it was forty percent, four zero was the wow. percentage of people of of commerce that was online. And so what you have is this massive injection of of people trying these out that is a sustainable tailwind for Amazon. Uh, Gene, I want to ask you about uh, Apple here. Uh, I was reading a blog post on your site; they blew away your ex- expectations, but. Beyond that, all that, what was your reaction to the stock split? I was surprised. I uh, they've d- done you know these in the past, and uh, but I guess I was surprised just because they don't um, traditionally think a lot about their stock. I think they think a lot about running the business, and I uh, so that that did surprise me. It is, uh, I, I think, mathematically, it's a fractional positive for the stock, but I was surprised. And then as far as the report itself, uh, why, how do they blow you away? What, what do they do to blow you away? There were two things. Uh, I guess in order of uh, importance is the iPhone number. Um, hard for me to wrap my head around. I've, I've seen other iPhone reports and uh, when they've reported their quarter. Uh, this one was more notable because we were looking for down 20% uh, revenue year over year. This for iPhone, this was down down 15%. Uh, it ended up being up 2%. And our view was that uh, shelter in place would benefit Mac and iPad, uh, but not have as big of an impact on iPhone. And uh, what we saw was um, that that was not the case. It, uh, so that that really stood out. The second piece was the magnitude of the beat on the iPad. Uh, I mean, this is like go-go days of the Mac up uh, 20 plus percent, iPad up 31 percent. It's um, it just it's it's a it's a throwback in terms of the growth rates. So we would have expected those numbers to be more around 10, 15 percent, something around the order of those magnitudes. That's not as big of a surprise because a lot of companies that are benefiting from this are just blowing the numbers out, Netflix, Amazon. But that iPhone number really uh, stood out. A second piece is even beyond the the quarter, just going forward, is that it it really sets a precedent that uh, uh, their loyalty of their base, and this base has been holding on their phones for a long time. They are ready for upgrades, and it's a big base, close to a billion active iPhones globally, which means that uh, you get a natural tailwind from, or natural benefit, I should say, for the next year 
about people just needing to upgrade their phones. And then you get the 5G benefit, which could last uh, two or three years, much different than a typical iPhone cycle, which is a year. And so the other piece that took, I took away from really surprised me, just letting it all kind of soak in, is that this company could be, uh, you know, iPhone could be growing high single, low double digits for the next three years, and it's been uh, flat to downish for the last two years. Uh, let me go to Amazon here, and I mean they just absolutely blew it away. Uh, you know, buck forty six versus uh, uh, that was the estimate. They come in at ten thirty. I mean, how is that going to be? You know, moving forward for estimates, and I'm also looking at the reaction in the stock too. Uh, you think with those kind of numbers, you'd go right back to an all time high? Uh, just talk about the price reaction and just expectations going forward. I mean, you want the pandemic to end, and that's going to be, you know, or at least slow down or subside. That's going to be bad. Talk about uh, gauging Amazon moving forward and the price action. It's an expensive stock, and a lot gets priced in. And I think that their business is going to be uh, a long-term sustainable tailwind. I think that commerce is going to – online commerce is going to go up. I think they're going to be more impactful in traditional retail, uh, brick and mortar, which they've done very little, Whole Foods and 30-plus other their other go stores. So I think that there is uh, a lot to be uh, a, a strong case that this stock can continue to go higher. The, the price action to me is dependent on the just the valuation, and it, it's it is um, not as as high as like for example Zoom, but you know we're talking when you, your PE starts pushing above a hundred uh, when the comp group is closer to thirty, that ends up being a problem. I think you see some of that price action. Set a slightly different way, it's a really difficult stock to trade. You can uh, know it even if you knew what the numbers were. Uh, it's sometimes hard to predict what the stock is going to do. And I think that ultimately uh, creates a situation. This is probably one for a long-term holder versus a trader. And Jim, we got a lot more questions now out of time. So I want to go through them quick. Uh, what were your reactions to you, you follow esports and that industry? Folks, what were your reactions to Activision Blizzard take to and, and those reports? Thrilled. I think um, what's going on in, uh, esports is we're just scratching the surface too, and uh, some of it is shelter in place related, but other is just a different way of being entertained. And, and I think all these companies are going to benefit. And we've been getting a lot of questions in our chat about Jamaya, and deservedly so because the stock is just in rocket ship mode, or at least it was before. Was, yep. but, uh, talk to us about Jamaya. We don't know anything about the stock fund company fundamentally, so explain that story to us. So I do own the stock. I, I own it, and I uh, I'm more of a believer that the stock action has been uh, to me. It's uh, uh, there's a lot of, creates a lot of noise around what ultimately they're do. It's just over a billion dollar market cap, call it 1.3 billion. It has uh, probably the best chance of of really consolidating e-commerce in Africa. Uh, Obviously, that's a lot smaller than Latin America, where Mercado Libre is, is relevant and Amazon uh, elsewhere. But uh, the bottom line is, think of this as Mercado Libre or Amazon of Africa. Uh, they're not in every country. Uh, they're in the uh, most important countries. Nigeria is their biggest market. The, uh, so what I think you have to put in the context here is this, it went public, I think, closer to $35, something in that order, $40. 
not that long ago, maybe a year or so ago, and then it um, there was some concern that they would run out of cash, and and uh, that's what caused that dramatic drop. So when I kind of see what's going on, I, I, I instead of looking at the stock price, I tend to think about it: what's the right market cap for for this company? And ten cent, you think about. I mean, these are massive, massive companies. Again, Africa is not China, it's not U.S., it's not Latin America. Uh, they have uh, some unique complications about their business, but I do feel longer term. Again, I own the stock, but I feel longer term, uh, it's worth more than one point three billion dollars where it is today. We're on the line with Gene Munster at Loot Ventures. Uh, we got to get to uh, the one stock that we debated for a long time and. You've come out on the right end on this one, uh, Tesla. Uh, I just want to talk about you know the earnings report. Oh boy, it looks kind of sleepy here on the chart. Uh, but also, like this electrical vehicle craze. I mean, if you know, with all these different companies and everything that's going on, I mean, Tesla's king. Do you see any of these other you know companies seriously making a dent into their market share? And then also on that one, I just like you to compliment also um, on Livent Corp. Uh, you know, related to the, the batteries and the charging. Well, um, so on the on the EV side, it's still a small percentage of cars globally in the U.S. that are EV. About five percent this year will be uh, EVs. Um, eventually, it will be 100 percent, and then it, that begs the question: If and um, I'm not, we won't go into that topic, but feel strongly that eventually it will be 100 percent. The the uh, the competition is uh, one that we've been waiting for. And there's a catch-22 when you think about competition in auto, is that right now traditional auto isn't making as many EVs. They have uh, collectively, besides Tesla, it's 20% share. Tesla's 80% share in the U.S. And so they, they're not making them at scale. And that creates a manufacturing uh, problem because it's, makes them, it's expensive to make them. So the, the, the problem that traditional auto has is that if they make a car at parity with features with a Tesla, they're going to lose money. And if they make a car where they make money, they produce a car, they're going to make money, then they're going to be priced out of the market. They'll be 25 or 35% more expensive and people won't buy it. So there is this question about what, how long does traditional auto manufacturers, what kind of investment phase do they want to make? Is it, is it six months? Is it five years? Into essentially subsidizing the vehicles? And do they have the balance sheets uh, to do that? They tend to be more levered businesses. So that's the catch-22, and that's why if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said Tesla's market share is 80% in the U.S., and eventually it will go to 15%. Uh, I'm in the camp now that I don't know what the exact number is, but it's going to be a lot higher than 15%. All right, Gene Munster. Live it. Yeah, live it. Oh, yeah, yeah, live it. Yeah, uh, uh, Elon Musk said it all on the call, is that this, uh, uh, if, if you can find – someone who uh, manufactures lithium, I want it, I want it, uh, we need lithium. Uh, that, that's what uh, Live Corp is, they're, uh, they're based in the U.S., they mine globally, uh, but uh, I think that this is, it's an arms supplier to the arms race. It, the stock has not done as much as what I would have expected it to do, but I still believe that lithium is a critical part of the future, whether it's electrification of cars or batteries in a home. And uh, I think that uh, Lyman Corp is going to be a beneficiary of that longer term. 
Gene Munster is a managing partner and one of the founding partners, actually, of Loop Ventures. You can learn more about going to their site, loupventures.com. Gene, as always, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye for now. All right. right. Thanks, Gene. Always great to hear from Gene. Let's bang out a couple more before we wrap up today. Uh, I want to get to Nicola. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicola. We we don't always post the earnings. We don't always post the analyst estimates in Benzinga Pro because sometimes they're just out of whack. Uh, I think the founder of Nicola is also agreeing with us this morning. He tweeted uh, last night about uh, the – I guess he's criticizing the sell-side analysts uh, who cover Nikola, if there are, I don't know how many of them there are, there can't be that many, uh, saying, that they, saying they had the wrong share count that screwed up their estimates. Uh, so he's saying they actually beat on their earnings. I'm not saying whether they beat or they missed. I'm just saying that they lost more money last quarter than they did in the same quarter a year ago. They lost 16 cents per share last quarter. They lost 13 cents per share in the same quarter the year prior. Uh, sales, I don't even think, okay, I'll read it. It's $36,000 is what they made last quarter in total revenue. That's up, I guess, from $36,000, like $1,000? I guess they don't sell anything. So They don't sell anything. Yeah. So that's How'd they up, get the 36 hey, grand? That's up on year over year. How'd they get the 36 grand? <laughs> they sold one truck? I don't know. Um, but it's up on a year over year basis. Uh, they, they reaffirm their timeline. Uh, to uh, start production of the Nikola Trey in Q4 of next year. That's kind of the most important thing here. Nobody, yeah. nobody in this stock cares about what they did last quarter. Um, so the losses don't really matter. It's all about the timeline for production. They reaffirm that. So that's important. I mean, does, is there any founder that cares more about their stock price than this guy? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just mean he's out here concerned about the sell side analysts and like trying to, you know, basically get his stock price to go back up. I mean, holy mackerel. Don't be so promotional on your stock. Anyways, um, the story is hot. The story is cold a little bit. Now it's hot again. I, I don't know. Like, it, is this worth, well, you know, General Motors market cap? And, and we, it's the same thing with Tesla. We argued for a long time that it wasn't, and obviously it was. Is this another Tesla? That's a question. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to this. Um, but, you know, the, the, electric, uh, the electrification of cars is not going away. Gene's absolutely correct. I think Percentages it could be 100% too. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, so this is going to be the truck maker. Obviously, you know, there's a bunch of these plays out there. People want us to talk about Neo as well. I mean, there's so many, and obviously all the big three are, and, and obviously all the Toyota and everybody else you're looking at too is going to be moving into electrification of cars. So there is a lot of competition coming. Who's going is it to be the next Tesla's Nikola? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question, but this is all on hype. This is all on hope. This, this story is on hope. Um, and maybe it turns into something, but it just got silly when it got to $90. It, it got absolutely overdone, absolutely silly, and now it's back to reality here. So is it going back to 90 anytime soon? I don't think so. Is it going to continue to leak down? I would say your critical number, which we gave to you three days ago, is 29 bucks. Yeah. That's where it has to hold. If it does not hold there, it could be at $20 in a hurry. So if you're you know, buying the dip here, you don't want to see this under 29 and uh, I'll give you another number. Remember when I gave you 37 in Kodak and then when it was trading at 41 and I said, hey, if it holds, you know, 37 is my number. If it holds 37, hey, why not go back to 60? If it doesn't hold 37, boom, I think we're going down. And that number actually ended up playing out really well that day. 
Well, I'm going to give you a number today and moving forward here for NKLA, and that number is 34 bucks. And it's just a simple number. You don't have to be a genius. You had to move from 29 to basically 39. 50% is 34. It's right in that area. If the bulls, you know, if the bulls are true to themselves. They're going to hold the stock. This is going to hold 34. It's going to rally. It's going to go. I don't know if it can go green on the day. Uh, but if not, then I think all the people that got going to get caught in that run from 30 to 40 are going to get snuffed out. So long term, keep an eye on 34 in NKLA. Um, people talking space still, too. Oh, man, okay. um, I, have we got the offering price? I've not seen it go by. So uh, this no, this is not going to get a lift until we at least know the offering price. Did we get it last night? I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. So obviously, I'm still on the stock. And like I said, I would be buying it close to that offering price if I didn't own it already. I already own it. I believe in the story. I think the story eventually gets hot again, but it's cold, 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 cold right now. Obviously, the earnings weren't great, but the more thing was that they did the secondary. They need to raise money because they are going to be taking on a hell of a lot of expenses to do what they want to do. So I like buying companies that are raising money to grow. I don't like buying companies that are raising money to survive. So there's a big difference between growing and surviving and space, obviously raising money in order to grow. So this is the kind of stock I own it. Yeah. It sucks that, you know, it's went from $27 back down to 20. I'm in from 16. I'm thinking about adding to my position, even getting bigger in it. So I need to see that offering price though. So it's not going to just blast off and come right back. We need to see what that offering price is, and I haven't seen it yet. Like, if a price is down at 17 or 18, your $20 buy is going to suck. So, that's why we need to know <laughs> yeah. where that pricing is going they're, to be. They're feeling the if somebody out. has in the chat, I have not seen the pricing yet, though. There have been no PR or filing about it. So, no. So, we're waiting on the pricing still. We should get it probably tonight. All right. A question from the chat about Wayfair. They reported this morning, just to tell you how, to my point earlier about how out of whack analyst estimates are in this kind of market that we're in right now. The adjusted EPS for Wayfair last quarter was $3.13. Analyst estimate was at $0.95. Cents. There is no way that's comparable in any way, shape, or form. They're obviously doing some sort of adjustments there. Sales, $4.3 versus $4.04 billion. That's way more comparable. So they beat on their sales number. We, we, we had a hunch they would do that. The street clearly thinking they were going to beat anyway. The stock's been a monster. Mm-hmm. I did not see what it's doing today, though. Um, it's pulling back. So this is a stock that was priced for perfection, quarter fine, doesn't matter. This is just, you know, it's run so, so much. Oh my like, God. look at this thing. You want to talk about a stock, there's probably no better performer out of like the big guns. I mean, this thing got down during, obviously, the crisis that we just went through. It got down to, in March, $21. It's now $290. The thing's up 1,200% in three months. So this has been the most incredible run ever. Can it continue? Trent is absolutely your friend, but bring up those stocks because eventually there's going to be some type of ugly washout. This has been just too easy for the longs. So eventually it's not like it's going straight to 500 or 600. It's going to be some ugly, ugly washout here somewhere. I don't know when that's coming. It's down 10 bucks today. Everybody loves the stock right now. It's still in favor. Um, I'd be looking at 274 as a possible bounce area there. Uh, but, you know, this is just such a tough stock to trade because it's all air everywhere. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's split uh, the, the two lows of the last uh, few sessions. 272.10, 274.63. Call that 273 and change. That's, a, that's eight bucks away. 
Uh, big level to hold. What I, do, what I don't like about if it takes out that area, where do you, if you're buying it there, where do you go? Do you ride it down to 259 or 239? I, I mean, tough, tough, I don't know tough. how to control the yeah, risk on this, yeah, and that's you why you're, you're exactly right, Joe. I don't know how to control the risk, and that's why I'm, yeah. I, I'm just out. I'm not trading it. Yep. Decent volume. Uh, half a million shares have traded in the red by oh, 985 at 281. All right. Didn't even mention a couple of the drug news. Well, we mentioned Novavax, but Moderna, they had earnings this morning. They also said they've received $400 million in customer deposits uh, and their phase three studies on track to be completed by the end of September. We also got J&J this morning announcing that they uh, came to an agreement with the U.S. government for 100 million doses of their potential COVID vaccine. Just vaccine so, news all over the vaccine place. Vaccine news all over good. the place. And, and the main thing to take from that is you're going to see relative strength in the reopening plays. So tech is going to be relatively weak. It's not even up here. QQQ is up 15 cents. And IWM is trading up over 1%. So the play, at least this morning, is long the reopening stock, short the stay-at-home stocks. That's the play. That's those trades keep rotating in. But we've seen that rotation for the last couple of days. This isn't just something that just started last night. Yeah, talked we about talked about it yesterday Monday. morning. The rotation was starting to turn a little bit there. So does it continue to turn here? Well, at least off the open, it does. American Airlines, if you're trading that 12 bucks, absolutely huge number there. Bumped its head up there a couple of Several times. times. It's up at 1180. Yep. It's a big number for it. Yeah, looking at that. Let's see if uh, the cruise lines, I know they were getting uh, battered a little bit. Yeah, they're lifting on it. Yeah, lifting a little bit. Uh, you have identifiable out here at the two-day low in uh, uh, Carnival. And just same thing here. RCL is the bigger mover. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, seller, maybe sellers are tired. Look at that 45 level was a rock there. It didn't quite get there. So if you want to give yourself a little bit more room, if you're picking it up at 50, all kinds of support at 45. All right, uh, Joel, you're probably not aware of this, but uh, during our show, the Big Ten announced their uh, their football schedule, if there is a season. So uh, Michigan's playing Ohio State October 24th, if there is a season. October 24th? If there is a season. Gigantic caveat on that. It's not going to be the last game of the season? Will not be the last game of the season. If there is a season. <laughs> I cannot oh, express that man. enough. If there is a season. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, I apologize for all. I got to go. Issues no. today. Yeah. We're going to get those fixed for yep. you folks. That yeah. was, it's terrible that the show keeps dropping. It's doing it on my yep. end here too. So I guess it's a zoom issue. Spencer's on it. He's going to get a fix for tomorrow. Yep. So we are, we are on again. it. We appreciate the patience. We haven't had any issues like this previously. So we're going to look into zoom today and figure out what's going on. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Gene Munster, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that always as always. And please remember all the information from our show. It's meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Joel and I will see you in the afternoon. Same place, our YouTube channel. Have a good one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.